morning, good afternoon. So just a reminder to everyone, as we've heard and we're joking about, I'm having shoulder surgery this Friday. Or as my daughter Rachel keeps telling me, I'm getting, me, I'm getting a golden arm. I, I try to tell her it's titanium, sweetie, and then the next sentence she'll say it's robotic, and then it's gold. So I don't know what I'm going to look like Friday afternoon, but I think it'll be an improvement no matter what. So I'll take it. Maybe it's a golden robotic arm. So win-win. So anyways, uh, I won't be here this coming Sunday and also next Wednesday. We'll, we'll cancel. We won't meet next Wednesday, but then we'll pick it up like regular the following week. And I'll make sure Susie uh, sends out some emails, e-blast to let everyone know, especially if some people aren't here today. Our first reading is from the 25th chapter of 1 Samuel. Now Samuel died, and all Israel assembled and mourned for him, and they buried him in his house at Ramah. Then David rose and went down to the wilderness of Paran, and there was a man in Maon whose business was in Carmel. The man was very rich. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. He was shearing his sheep in Carmel. Now the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail. The woman was discerning and beautiful, but the man was harsh and badly behaved. He was a Calebite. David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep. So David sent ten young men, and David said to the young men, Go up to Carmel and go to Nabal and greet him in my name, and thus you shall greet him. Peace be to you, and peace be to your house, and peace be to all that you have. I hear that you have shearers. Now your shepherds have been with us, and we did them no harm, and they missed nothing all the time they were in Carmel. Ask your young men, and they will tell you. Therefore let my young men find favor in your eyes, for we come on a feast day. Please give whatever you have at hand to your servants and to your son, David. When David's young men came, they said all this to Nabal in the name of David, and then they waited. And Nabal answered David's servants, Who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants these days who are breaking away from their masters. Shall I take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my shearers and give it to men who come from I do not know where? So David's young men turned away and came back and told him all this. And David said to his men, Every man strap on his sword. And every man of them strapped on his sword. David also strapped on his sword. And about 400 men went up after David, while 200 remained with the baggage. But one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to greet our master, and he railed at them. Yet the men were very good to us, and we suffered no harm, and we did not miss anything when we were in the fields, as long as we went with them. They were a wall to us, both by night and by day. All the while we were with them, keeping the sheep. Now, therefore, know this and consider what you should do, for harm is determined against our master and against all his house, and he is such a worthless man that one cannot speak to him. Then Abigail made haste and took two hundred loaves and two skins of wine and five sheep already prepared and five seas of parched grain and a hundred clusters of raisins and two hundred cakes of figs and laid them on donkeys. And she said to her young men, Go on before me. Behold, I come after you. But she did not tell her husband, Nabal. And as she rode on the donkey and came down under the cover of the mountain, 
Behold, David and his men came down toward her, and she met them. Now David had said, Surely in vain have I guarded all that this fellow has in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that belonged to him. And he has returned me evil for good. God do so to the enemies of David, more also, if by morning I leave so much as one male of all who belong to him. Our epistle reading is from the third chapter of 1 Corinthians. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. And even now you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Christ, Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world, or life, or death, or the present, or the future, all are yours. And you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. This is the word of the Lord. We continue our recitation of the Ten Commandments. What is the third commandment? Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. With this third commandment, we're encouraged to always desire to hear God's word 
and to come together in worship. And that also includes preaching. But there's lots of different ways that this can be stolen from us. And usually when we think about the breaking the third commandment, we, we automatically think of not coming to church. And that is indeed a, a major way of breaking the commandment outrightly. But sometimes there are other ways of breaking this commandment that may seem a little less, uh, less severe. People could still come to church and still break this commandment. In fact, I would say that what the Apostle Paul was dealing with, with the church in Corinth, was exactly that. Because even though they were coming together, they weren't coming together around God's word, but rather they were kind of dividing into these camps centered around certain teachers that they had. And this is what Paul said when he wrote this. You are still of the flesh, for while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? You see, at the church in Corinth, they had different camps. And so, and they started to argue about who they were really going to follow and not follow, or who was maybe the better teacher and the less of a teacher. So you had some in that church who were saying, we follow Paul. Other people were saying, we follow Apollos, who was this uh, gentleman from Alexandria, Egypt, who was very well known and very well respected. But either way, you had camps, and they were centered around people. They're basically their human pastors. And later, Paul even mentioned Cephas, who is Peter, of course. And I would say that when they do this, when they did this, they ceased coming together to be centered around God's word and loving God's word above everything else. And they came together to basically pick teams, to choose sides. And in doing so, they broke the third commandment because they no longer longed to hear God's preaching and his word, no longer longed to hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. No, they were just coming together to fight and to pick sides and to pick which teacher they thought was better. Paul kind of ripped them apart for this, to lack of a better word. He said this, What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul was very quick to say and to point out he was nothing. Apollos was nothing. They were merely servants of Christ. Both of them were merely servants of bringing God's word to the church so the church could hear God's word. It doesn't matter which preacher preached it or taught it. That doesn't matter. What matters is the purity of God's word. And it's very easy nowadays still to get be caught in that camp where Whole churches will sometimes follow certain people, certain teachers. And if they leave, they go with them. 
Well, then they're the, at that point, when you do that, you're centered around a person. You're coming to church for a person. You're not coming to church to hear God's word. And that's a concern. And it's something we should all be aware of. That our Lord Jesus Christ does amazing things through his word. It truly is miraculous. Through that word and our confession and absolution, our sins are forgiven. Through the word of the very scriptures, we see our story lived out for thousands of years. Through God's word, he speaks and bread and wine become body and blood by God's promise to you. These are the blessings of God's word. The pastor is just the one who's speaking them, hopefully, and speaking them rightly. It's what Christ is doing through these words that's most important. And I pray for all of us, we all, all of us, retain that that belief and that knowledge as we gather together as the church and hear that blessed word. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.